Hi, welcome back to Follow Me, and this is the teaching ministry of uh, Wayne Fleet BIC Church in Wayne Fleet, Ontario. We're glad to have you with us today from wherever you're watching this and whenever you're watching this. We're really glad to have you with us today. And we've been in a series where we've been, uh, very simply, two words, Jesus said, follow me. And so we've been looking at what does it mean to follow Jesus? What's that mean? What, what does that look like? You know, it's one thing uh, to say, yeah, I know all about Jesus. It's another thing to say, you know, I'm a follower. So two words from Jesus, follow me. What does that look like? And uh, Jesus isn't here uh, on earth bodily to, to follow. So how do we who who perhaps call ourselves Christians, uh, who maybe call ourselves Christ followers, well, what does that look like in our lives? Uh, to, to do just that. It means we seek to be with him. We read his teachings. We, we learn his stories. We, we talk to him. That's what prayer is. It's just talking to him. Second, it means to act like Jesus. Well, how do we do that? Do we get a wig and wear a gown and sandals and talk in King James English, yea, verily, forsooth, you know, I guess we could, but that may not be the best way to act like Jesus. But when we read his teachings and we, we seek to live out his ways, we find ourselves being like him. I, I think it pleases Jesus when we do that. Uh, when Carol and I when our kids were younger, when they were um, oh, seven, six, seven years of age, um, they used to put on my shoes or they'd put on uh, one of my ties back when I used to wear ties. And um, they, they would maybe put on one of my shirts and, um, and then they would pretend to be preaching. They would, they would, um, they would say back maybe something from a sermon that they heard me say, or they would just pretend to be dad. And uh, it was fun to watch. Um, it, it was, uh, it, it blessed me. I, I, it pleased me. And I, I bet it's kind of like that with the Lord when we seek to follow him, when we try to imitate him. Uh, I, I think it must please him where, where in our human way, uh, acting like Jesus, where we, we seek to obey him and we, we try to have the same spirit he had when he was on earth. I believe that pleases the Lord. You know, there's a, a passage over in 1 Peter chapter 2 in the New Testament. And it's interesting. It, it, it says, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. I, I love those last three words, in his steps. There was a guy, uh, oh, about 100 years ago, a little over 100 years ago. His name was C.M. Sheldon. He was a pastor in the Chicago, Illinois area. And he wrote this bestseller back in 1896 uh, about the path of a congregation that for one year, they asked the question, what would Jesus do before they made any big decision, before they, before they did something or said something? Um, it, it was really, uh, what would Jesus do? 
A more modern day version of that would be, remember years ago, several years ago, WWJD, uh, what would Jesus do? There was a bracelet and, and t-shirts and that kind of thing. So being with Jesus, acting like Jesus, that's important. But for the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at to love like Jesus. If we're going to be a follower of Christ, we want to be with him, we want to act like him, and we want to love like Jesus. There's no doubt about God loving us. I, I think of the passage in Isaiah 54, it's in the Old Testament. The mountains may shift and the hills may be shaken, but my faithful love won't shift from you. And my covenant of peace, covenant of peace won't be shaken, says the Lord. I think of the passage in Ephesians chapter 1 in the New Testament. Uh, A guy named Paul, an early church leader, wrote this. He said, God destined us to be his adopted children through Jesus Christ because of his love. This was according to his goodwill and plan to honor his glorious grace that he's given to us freely through the Son, that's Jesus, through the Son whom he loves. Another passage in 1 John, that's also in the New Testament, it says in chapter 4, This is love. It is not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as the sacrifice that deals with our sins. And then probably one of the most famous scripture verses from the New Testament was John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that everyone who believes in him won't perish, but will have everlasting life. You see, Jesus wants us to love people like he does, but that begins with loving God. And when we love God the way he wants us to, then some really great things happen. Uh, Jesus was teaching on this in Matthew 22, and here's what he said. He said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind. And uh, he goes on to say, this is the first and greatest commandment. All right? It's called the great commandment. And then there's one he, he says right in the same teaching, then we are to love people like, like he does, because he said in the next verse, love your neighbor as yourself. So these are known as the great commandment. Love God, love people. Uh, Let's be real here. It's easy to love people who are similar to us or who think the way we do or they agree with us or who are kind to us or we live with the same values or the same political beliefs or or maybe, uh, maybe they're from the same place that we're from. However, Jesus went out of his way to show love to those that maybe were marginalized, to those that maybe were unloved in the culture that they lived in. You know, some were what we would call the down and out. They didn't have any money and, and very poor, and they, they were beggars for a living. And, but he also hung out with some people that nobody cared for who were up and out. Uh, that is, they they were wealthy, and and maybe they weren't very nice about their wealth. They didn't share or help people. Uh, some were very very ignorant. Others were 
very learned and uh, others were professionals. Others were just poor and had no really work that you would say is what they did for a living. Some were public centers, some were private centers. Many, many looked down, uh, were looked down on for their, for their very uh, ethnicity, where they were from, their people group. They were looked down for their gender or their morals or their lifestyle choices. But all had this God-sized hole in their heart. Something was missing that they tried to fill in a variety of different ways. You ever thought about that? Have you ever thought maybe in your own heart and life, maybe you don't consider yourself a religious person, but but you maybe through COVID or through the anxiety of these days, maybe maybe you thought there's something bigger than me. There's something that's more sure than what I can provide in my life. Maybe you find that. Maybe you're thinking about that. And that's a, that God-sized hole that's in our hearts. I think that's what drew Jesus to them and, and, and not away from them. Part of loving our neighbor is found in, in this teaching in Matthew chapter 28, where Jesus said to the early church, to, to his disciples, those who followed him, he, he said very simply, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth because Jesus was God. And he goes on to tell the early church, go and make disciples, make followers of Jesus, of all the nations. You know, share this good news. Share who I am. Share my teachings. Let them know how much I love them. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples all about me and, and, uh, and how I can how I can bless their lives and how that I can guide them. That that is what Jesus was so about in his life. And and so Jesus, um, in Matthew 28, you would call that passage the Great Commission. He commissioned the church to share who Jesus was and to share his teachings and to, to make that known to people. And so you take the great commandment, love God with all of your heart, mind, and soul, and, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then the great commission, hey, go into the world and share Jesus. I guess you could say it was GC squared. That's what we call it. And it's what really propels our mission here at our church, where our mission is very simply until every home is led by Jesus. Now, we're not going to scratch the surface uh, about this today. But as we head into February here at our church, um, we honor missions all during the month of February. Uh, those who uh, serve Jesus internationally in other countries and, and try to help people and, and uh, minister to the poor and to those who are sick. And, and then we also will be looking at missions locally, different um, ministries that seek to help people right here at home. Uh, open Arms Missions and uh, the Gleaners, uh, which uh, they freeze-dry food and, and help get it to food banks and things. And, and then there's some great counseling ministries. There's, there's several different ministries here just in our local area that we like to be a part of. Um, Ozzy's Kids, uh, just a great guy who works with uh, 
uh, teaching young men and women about fixing cars and then talks about life and talks about Jesus. There's just so many different ministries that we like to be a part of. Uh, Operation Mobilization is another great local ministry here that reaches around the world trying to help people to know Jesus. And and it's it's just a, a, a great blessing to, to be a part of that. And, and Jesus loved people everywhere. And for that reason, we love Jesus. But this is, this is more than just a checklist. You know, okay, I gave a gospel track out to a coworker. Check. You know, or, hey, I helped feed the poor today. Check. Or, hey, I went on a mission trip and, and, um, and helped uh, build a church. Check. You, you know, that's not what missions is about. It's not a checklist. Uh, it's good that we've done these things, but let's not miss what motivated Jesus, and that was love. And so it should us too. And this is really life-changing stuff that we can open our hearts and our minds and our wills to, and, and um, which, by the way, is how we love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul. Jesus was, was criticized soundly. Uh, by the religious crowd because he cared for marginalized people. Uh, Luke chapter 15 talks about this, and it says tax collectors uh, and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. And it made the Pharisees and the teachers uh, complain that he was associating with sinful people and he was even eating with them. And um, perhaps some of them would be like perhaps even many people in church today who, if Jesus were here today, they might question his propriety and testimony because he's hanging out with socially and spiritually marginalized people. Wait a minute. Jesus takes the time to share with us, his followers, that he wants us to share how and why he and the Father love by illustrating love. And, and in this Luke chapter 15, he tells three stories that are really amazing stories. And he teaches them that Jesus is all about people feeling like they belong. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. He tells three stories. The first one is in uh, chapter 15 in the early part. And it's about this shepherd who has a hundred sheep. One of them escapes from the herd and gets lost. And, and so this shepherd loves the sheep and he puts the sheep, the 99, safely into a pen. And he goes out looking for this lost sheep and he finds it and he, he takes that sheep and he, he puts that, that sheep around his shoulders and carries that the sheep because it's exhausted and it's wandered away and it, hair, the wool's all matted and, and probably full of burrs. And, and so he's so happy because he found that one sheep that had gotten away and now was back with the herd, was back with the flock, I should say. And so, so Jesus uses that story to remind us that, oh, Jesus, he loves, he's concerned about the one the Bible goes on to say that there's great joy in heaven when just one person repents or that is changes their mind and, and begins following Jesus. 
Then he gives a second story. He tells the story about this woman who has this great collection of coins, valuable coins, and loses one of them. And she begins looking all over the house and she gets a lamp and she's looking under furniture and she's got a broom and she's trying to sweep. And and she, evidently, she looks a long time but finds it. And she lets her neighbors know, I found the coin. It's back in the collection. It's all there. It's just amazing, this woman's attitude. That coin belonged in the collection. And so that woman was not going to be happy until she found it and returned it because that's where it belonged. And then he tells a third story. And it's about a dad whose son leaves him, goes off into the city and just lives this really rough life, makes poor decisions, puts poor friends around him that takes uh, all of his money, drains him, until finally this son has nothing. In fact, pretty soon this son is working in a, at a pig farm, slopping the pigs, and, and really wishing he could eat their food because he didn't have anything to eat. And it dawns on this son, why am I doing this? My, uh, the employees of my dad, they have more than enough to eat. I'm going to go ask my dad if I can just be an employee, if I can just serve and work on the farm. And uh, I, I, I won't come back as a son. I'll just be a workman. The Bible says the guy heads home and the father is out in the middle of the road and sees the son coming and runs to the son and embraces him. And this son apologizes and says, I'm so sorry of what I've done to you. And, and the father just hugs him and brings him a new robe and puts on a new ring on his hand, which was, that was a very important significance of, of being family. And, um, and throws a party for him. And, and he says, this son of mine who was lost is now found. He was gone, but he's now home. It was all about his son belonging in the family. It's a beautiful story. And, and here, the, even though the sheep was muddy and wool was all matted, even though that coin was probably dirty and filthy, even though this son was, um, had treated his father poorly and had made wrong decisions, oh, we see in each of the stories there was a party and a celebration at the end because these, everything was brought back together. They belonged with the other sheep. They belonged in the coin collection. He belonged with his family. You see, this happens when, when we are all found because we belong to the Father. This, this powerful, great price was paid for us by Jesus, who was a ransom for us. And Jesus told these stories to the religious crowd who only saw these these uh, uh, sinners, uh, they only saw them as unclean. They even saw people with special physical needs as, oh, they must be being punished by God. And, and they saw other nationalities as just heathen. And, and uh, they, they would see the adulterer as people so low that they should just be sinners put to death by good and religious citizens. 
none of them belonged or had as much worth as they did to Jesus. But Jesus set the record straight for the religious and for the self-righteous. He set the record straight for those who felt marginalized. He hung out with them. And he set the record straight by eating with them and spending time with them and loving them and, and wanting to be able to share his heart with them. The shepherd, the woman, the worried dad, none of the things that we talked about, they just were not complete until that lost sheep, that lost coin, and that lost son was found and returned home. You see, God wants us to belong to Him. Maybe you're listening to this story today and you're saying, I don't belong. I want to belong. I want to belong and be loved and cared for. And can I tell you today, God longs for you to belong to Him. That is, He wants to be your Father. He wants you to recognize Him for who He is and, and, and to just give your life to Him. Turn your life over to Him. His Son, Jesus giving your life to Him and saying, I want to follow His teachings. I want Him to be the boss of my life, the Lord of my life. You see, God's love is, is for all who are lost. And each person has great worth, no matter who we are or what we've done. Jesus especially identifies Himself with those who were back in that day cast out, looked down on, harassed, distressed, helpless, dispirited. To him, the family was not complete without all of them. And the Bible says that angels rejoice when we, when we come to God, that angels rejoice. There's a party. I mean, a party happens in heaven when people repent, when they come home. And GC squared, that great commandment, love God with all of your heart, soul, and spirit. Love your neighbor as yourself. Combined with the great commission, oh, go tell people about Jesus. Go tell them how much he loves them and wants them to belong to him, wants them to be back in the family. That's who he is. Jesus affirms the worth of all to belong to God and it's found we're complete in Christ you know there's an old man who had captained a, a slave ship when he was a younger man he had abused the African women he treated the African humans as just cargo as a commodity he lived a hard life a rough life but he had a mom at home who was praying for him and there came a day when this guy gave his life to Christ. He came home. He realized he belonged to the Lord and gave his life to him. And he sat down and he began thinking about that. And, and here he was prayed for by his mom. And this guy discovered this amazing grace that saved a wretch like him that he once was lost and he became found. He was, he was spiritually blind, but now he saw how much God loved him and wanted him. And that guy, John Newton, poured the remorse of his sins into this 
beautiful hymn that we've been singing since 1779 about amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was blind, but now I see, was lost, but now I'm found. Maybe you're listening today and there's just this tug in your heart to know more. Can I encourage you? My email is really simple. Pat at Waynefleet, W-A-I-N-F-L-E-E-T, waynefleetbic.com. Pat at waynefleetbic.com. It would be a privilege to hear from you. I would love to uh, correspond with you or if you'd like to talk on the phone or even in person. We would love for you to know more about belonging and how much God cares. God's especially fond of you. And I just want to encourage you today that this is what life is about. This is who Jesus cares about. And He cares about you today. I'm going to pray for you before I close today. And um, if I can be of any help to you, it'd be a privilege. Or maybe you are a follower of Christ and maybe you've just kind of taken a detour in life, but you just kind of feel yourself being drawn like, like the lost sheep back to the, to the flock or, or maybe like the son coming home to dad who had open arms. Maybe you feel that and sense that today as well. Our Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for those who are listening today and watching this. And Lord, I, I thank you for those who maybe in their hearts feel that tug that maybe you're speaking to them. Lord, I pray that they would know your great love, that they would sense that you're working in them. You're tapping them on the shoulder and that, Lord, you love them with crazy love. Lord, those who maybe have just kind of departed off the path that maybe are feeling called to come home into the Father's arms again. Lord, I just pray you'd speak to each and every person and that, Lord, you're right there. You're right there. You've never moved. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Thanks for being a part of our our teaching this week. And uh, thanks for tuning in. I hope we can be a help to you. Have a great rest of the week. Take care.